it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, a guy who is not visiting East Palestine, Ohio this week. No, ma'am, Joe Biden announcing yesterday that he's finally paying a visit. I don't remember that ever happening. But you can remember that it's an election year. And on the one-year anniversary of one of the most toxic train derailments in the nation's history, Biden is finally showing up to pay his respects. This is politics as usual. Absolutely is. We will get into it on a busy day. Talk about a track meet on the show. Kennedy's going to be here. The human highlight reel. The woman who gave me my start in cable news. She did that. Kennedy did that. I'm not kidding. I mean, man. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. 888 9910 You know the rules on this show. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a <laughs> Boom. There it is. Happy Wednesday and happy book launch. We launched my book yesterday. Uh, it is flying up the charts. I believe it's one of the top 15 books in the world right now, which is a big deal because it's much bigger authors than myself. So for everybody who bought uh, a copy of the Cancel Culture Dictionary, you get one of those. Uh, tonight, 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 that is a song by Phil Collins. It is also uh, the night of my virtual book launch. 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight, myself and cable news super hunk Brian Brenberg are going to do a virtual signing. It's brought to you by Premier Collectibles. You can sign up for it and get an autographed copy of my book at jimmysignedbook.com. Okay, it would mean the world to me if you bought my book this week, because we want to get onto the bestsellers list. We're tracking to do it, but as a Fox entity, it's very hard because sometimes you can sell more books than the other authors and they still don't let you on because you work at Fox or, you know, some of the sales were digital and not. That's just how white folks will do you. We'll see. But the point is, book's doing great, and uh, I owe a debt of gratitude to every one of you, and I do hope you buy it this week. Uh, you can go to foxnewsbooks.com if you want an autographed copy, jimmysignedbook.com. Okay. Joe Biden. And this one is really funny and really predictable. Okay, and this is the worst thing about politicians is the predictability, is the fact that they do things not out of concern for the people, but out of concern for the poll numbers. I think he's got a point. Joe Biden is polling at 33%. One of the things he caught holy hell for a year ago this week was the Norfolk Southern train derailment that took place in East Palestine, Ohio. Okay, something our Beaver County listeners know all too well. Okay, but when this train derailed, the White House paid this no mind as people were getting forced out of their houses, as kids weren't going to school, as people were being told, excuse me, not to drink their drinking water. Okay, the White House did nothing until the fury grew so loud that they sent Pete Booty Judge there. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Is he ever? But you understand. What they're trying to do now is they're trying to right wrongs. For instance, the southern border. The southern border catastrophe is only happening because when Biden got into office, he took out his pen, signed an executive order 
reversing Trump's border policies. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Stupidest thing you've ever heard. Okay, and what's so disingenuous about this moment we're living in is Biden and the Democrats keep going, well, the Republicans need to sign our bill so we can secure the border. Okay, if you wanted to secure the border, it doesn't require a bill to re-implement the policies that they rescinded with a pen. Correct the mundo. So you understand this isn't about the border. It's not about the people. It's about the politics. They set this fire, and now they want to get legislative credit for trying to extinguish it. It's the movie Backdraft. Remember the movie Backdraft? Well, they've got an arsonist on the loose who happens to be a firefighter who's battling for valor. Look at this. Look at all the work. he did. That's the Biden administration. They set the border on fire, and now they want to get credit for putting it out. That's what's going on right now. Okay, East Palestine's a great example. I'm not telling you they derailed the train, but this is another fire they didn't do enough to prevent that they're now willing to show up and take credit for trying to help. And it's one of the reasons, and I'm not telling you Trump's going to win the next election. It's going to be a hell of a battle, okay? But it's one of the reasons Trump has the popularity and the connection that he does to the rank-and-file voter. Trump's presidency was only possible because of transparently inauthentic politicians like Joe Biden. Okay, establishment politicians, okay, failing this country for decade after decade after decade is the only reason a guy like Donald Trump could have a lane in politics today. Okay, if Donald Trump shows up with three divorces, he's a potty-mouthed heathen. Okay, and again, I like him, but he's a short-fingered vulgarian. One of my favorite things in the world, my favorite things in the world, is when someone writes into a radio station and is like, oh, Jimmy Fallon, you know, he's a little lewd with his commentary. I'm like, dude, you're voting for the guy who said grab them by the I got to be honest, okay? I'm not throwing a perfect game on the air, okay? But if you're a Trump voter, I don't ever want to hear a word about language again. Moving forward, okay? Is Trump better than Biden? Yes, okay? Are Trump policies better than Biden's? Yes. But the only reason they were possible is because of so many politicians like Joe Biden who said one thing and did the other, who spoke in carefully curated sound bites, who ran everything through a focus group. The fact that Trump uses bad language is actually an asset because you can tell he's clearly not running it by any advisors before he truth socials something at two in the morning, calling a TV anchor a land whale or someone a fat slob or heaven forbid some type of an ethnic name I won't repeat on the air. Okay, but the point is Biden going to East Palestine tells you one thing and one thing only. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Okay, here is a montage. Okay, last year, and this is fascinating. Okay, talking about the possibility of going to East Palestine. Okay, and whether or not they need to go and basically telling the media, stop asking about this. There's no plans. We've talked to who we need to talk to. Here it is. Clip one. I've spoken with every official in Ohio and I will be on the Is there a plan for him to go? I don't have a, any uh, trips to preview for you at this time. He's been to Ohio many times before during his administration. So it's not an it's not unusual for him to to go there. Are there any plans for President Biden to visit East Palestine? I, I don't have anything to share on a planned visit for the president to uh, to Ohio. Democrats are saying it's time for him to get down. 
And he said when he was asked the question that he will be there. When is he going to be visiting East Palestine and why hasn't he yet? So I, the plans are underway, discussions are underway, just don't have anything locked in. About five weeks ago, President Biden said that he would be going to East Palestine, Ohio at some point. Does the president still feel the need to visit Ohio? Well, the president, I mean, once the president said it, so I will uh, keep keep that, uh, he, he keeps to his word. But we should expect him there at some point. Okay. If he says the president said he's he's expecting to at some time, uh, the president means what he says. You are so full of sh- Okay, that montage was between March and April of last year. Okay, here's a more recent montage from this past July all the way up to January 26th, a little less than a week ago. Okay, the White House was still continuing to stonewall on a visit to East Palestine. So what do you think changed between last week and this week other than the release of the new poll numbers? Here it is, clip two. The president intends to go, don't have a time or a date to preview at this time. You said in March that you would go to East Palestine, Ohio. You came here. How come you haven't gone to East Palestine yet? Well, I haven't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. There's a lot going on. The president is going to go to East Palestine. I don't have a time or, or date. To announce at this time, but he will go. I don't have any anything, uh, any schedule uh, of the president at this time. As it relates to the president's trip, if obviously don't have anything to announce at this time. When it is, uh, when it is um, appropriate or helps helps the community for him to be there, obviously he will be there. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. When you hear Joe Biden in that montage, okay, say I haven't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. There's a lot going on. Joe Biden has spent 40% of his presidency on vacation. Do you remember those two weeks this summer where every day you opened up the newspaper and you saw a picture of your president lying shirtless on a beach with his C-cup breasts? There was Biden on a lounge chair completely passed out. The world was on fire. Okay, that's who's running the country. Okay, people who could give a rat's ass about the little guy. Okay, here is DJ Yokely. He's an East Palestine resident. He's a business owner. He was on Fox and Friends talking about the time they needed the president, which, oh, by the way, was not election time. Clip three. Residents and the business owners of East Palestine had to make a lot of tough choices along the way. And the frustrating part for us is... Again, the administration didn't have to make those tough choices. They just stayed away. The foundational points of this town move away, and not willingly, not because they wanted to, but because they didn't feel safe. The people that we vote into office, the people that we rely on, the people that we look to for answers have not given us any. So think about that, okay? The people who would normally step in and help a town going through a toxic chemical train derailment People who are losing homes, people who are losing access to schools and work and religion and everything that holds a community together, okay, we're told to do without for all intents and purposes. I'm not telling you Biden didn't get on a phone call. But the reason presidential visits matter, okay, this is the reason, so everybody's on the same page, is because when the president goes, the White House press pool goes, which means it brings national attention to a situation. Okay, the reason Biden didn't go to the southern border, say Eagle Pass, Texas, where there's 10,000 people living under a bridge. okay, is because if the national pool comes and films that it brings national attention to just how bad this issue was 
two years ago or three years ago. This issue has been this bad for three years. The fact that the media is only talking about it now, okay, it's disgusting on their part because the media's job is to hold people in power accountable. And sadly, they haven't, which is why we have eight million migrants in our country illegally right now that are overwhelming infrastructure at the expense of the people who live here legally. Okay, but understand, Biden went down to McAllen, Texas, had every migrant swept off the street. It's like when Gavin Newsom hosted Xi Jinping in China. They got rid of all the migrants. They got rid of all the the safe drug injection sites. They moved all the homeless people into a camp for two weeks. And suddenly California was clean again. And what does that tell you? It tells you that if they wanted to clean these cities up, if they wanted to solve these problems, they could do it in a second. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. In a second if they wanted to. The point is they don't want to. These problems are more viable for them if they continue. Because it does give them something to run on. Why is Biden going to East Palestine? Because right now he's polling behind ISIS. And the media, as they did with the border, are starting to demonstrate some intellectual curiosity when it comes to East Palestine. Here is Jake Tapper. I'll give him credit. Jake Tapper is over on, as you know, CNN. CNN is the worst. Maybe so. But he asked Pete Buttigieg a fair question. It was January 24th that he asked him this. Clip four. Speaking of the president, he still has not visited East Palestine, Ohio. I don't know why that is. That doesn't seem to make much sense to me. But if Congress needs pressure to get this done, why wouldn't he just go to East Palestine and use the bully pulpit uh, the way that, you know, Harry S. Truman would do, try to shame Congress into passing that? Why is that not even like an idea that the White House would contemplate? I don't have any updates on the scheduling front for the White House, but what I can tell you is it shouldn't take anything more than we've already seen happen for Congress to act. I mean, man. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg, just like Biden, okay, these guys are politicians. They're not in the you and me business. They're in the them business, okay? They had no interest in this disaster because everybody in that town voted Republican. Okay, there's no value for them in highlighting the fact that the trains are a little less safe under booty judge, because at the time this train derailed, we were dealing with a historic level of flight cancellations, a a malfunction. Okay, because Pete Buttigieg's first gig, the first movie made as transportation secretary, was to rename our flight system, the NOTAM flight system, which was called Notice to Air Men. Buttigieg renamed to Notice to Air Persons to make it more inclusive. I got to be honest with you guys. If you can't emotionally process a flight system referred to as Notice to Air Men, and it's going to make you freak out and not perform at an optimal level, you shouldn't be flying a plane with the responsibility of other people's lives in your hand. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, but to take it a step further, all of these crises add up politically for Biden. So in this moment, they may show up and act like they care about East Palestine, but the spill was a year ago which means he's not doing it for you, he's doing it for him. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. 
This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. It's America's Life Coach. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing, 888-788-9910. Point I made in the previous block about the Biden administration setting fires and now trying to extinguish them and get credit. No better example than the border. Here's Representative Mark Green from the great state of Tennessee talking to the Democrats about the fact that this whole charge, oh, the Republicans don't want to help us fix the border. First of all, the Democrats broke the border by executive order. But second of all, this argument that we needed to pass legislation in order to fix it. The Democrats controlled everything at the start of Biden's administration, meaning they had the Senate, they had the House, they had the presidency. All three branches of the government were in Democrat control. So if this was really a pressing need that required legislation, the point is the legislation could have been passed three years ago. Bingo. Here's Mark Green making that point, clip six. I think I recall in the first two years of this president's tenure, the House was controlled by the Democrats, the Senate was controlled by the Democrats, and the White House was controlled by the Democrats. Why didn't you fix it then? You were in total control. The Homeland Security Secretary has said, well, I'm just going to ignore these laws and do what I think. I'm going to take my agenda for immigration because I can't get it passed through the House or the Senate, even when my own party's in charge. And that's the truth. Okay. They took their agenda. They wanted migrants coming in massive numbers. They don't care about what's going on in inner cities right now. Kids can't get an education. Crime going through the roof. People now, we had two cops nearly beaten to death by thug migrants in Times Square over the weekend. Okay. They've totally let the country go. And they have a genuine indifference to the quality of life decline people are experiencing. They caused it, yet they still get on TV every day and they're like, oh, the Republicans, they just don't care about the border. We need to pass this legislation because we're the good guys. Democrats are so full of crap. Are they ever more cranky Jimmy Fallon when we come back on Fox Across America? Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. If you didn't buy my book, Cancel Culture Dictionary, go to foxnewsbooks.com. If you want a virtual signing tonight with myself and Brian Brenberg, we need you there. Uh, JimmySignedBook.com. Tom, I'm going to stop talking about my book now because people are getting worked up. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Dude, I'm trying. Like, I dealt you in on my agenda here, okay? If my book makes it to the bestseller list, that's hilarious. 
because everybody else on the list is like a major league academic who frowns on little people like you and me. So if we have actually one of us onto the list, you know, <laughs> it's hilarious. He's not going to be happy. Like, wait, this is a cab driver. A cab driver wrote a book. It's it's my favorite thing about it. It's like when you go to the Fox News book site, it's like Shannon Bream, Women of the Bible Speak, Harris Faulkner, Faith Can Move Mountains, Jimmy Fallon, a hobbit beat up a wizard in the back seat of my cab. It's a totally different vibe. Totally different vibe coming out of the White House these days, too. They're suddenly talking about the border. Now, I want to be clear. Uh, in the previous month's border numbers were the highest number of migrant encounters at the southern border in the history of our nation. Do you know what the previous month before that's border numbers were? The highest number of encounters in the history of our nation. You know what the numbers were the previous month? The highest. This joke goes on for about 30 months. The punchline is Biden sucks. Okay, Joe Biden is an awful president if you are an American citizen. If you run a drug cartel, he's the greatest if you're a human sex trafficker, oh, this guy rules. If you're a special interest on the other side of the world looking for some American money, oh, you love this guy. I don't doubt he has his fans. Okay, because Joe Biden is an iTunes user agreement of a president. Do you know when you want a new app in the iTunes store and you got to scroll to the bottom and click I agree? You never read the fine print on any of it. That's the Biden presidency. They put an executive order in front of the guy, and they go, scroll to the bottom and click, I agree. And he's like, well, I haven't even read it. They're like, hey, you want your pudding cup or not, old man? Scroll to the bottom and click, I agree. And he's like, but I don't even know about it. He's like, start scrolling. Come on, man. And he scrolls, and he clicks, I agree, and now you got a wide open border. That's what's going on. Okay, the Keystone Energy Pipeline, the first thing he did when he got into office, a guy tells you he's going to govern for all Americans, the first thing he did was kill 10 thousand american jobs whack the keystone energy pipeline he's like ah it's bad for the environment because you know somebody who owns stock in another form of energy said so (laughs) that's like so basic it would be like if someone was like yes starbucks is bad for the environment because somebody who owns a dunkin Donuts said so so we're gonna whack starbucks that's essentially what the keystone energy pipeline was people who stand to benefit from other sources of energy, put out a study saying the pipelines weren't safe. But does that actually make the environment any cleaner to get rid of a pipeline? No, it doesn't. In fact, more of the fuel is now forced to travel by ship. More of the fuel is now forced to travel by rail. Okay, more of the fuel now forced to travel by truck. Understand What do all of these vessels require that a pipeline did not, but more fuel? Bingo. Okay, so you understand we're burning more fuel in the name of using less. And when it comes to domestic energy production, outsourcing our production to third world nations who produce it filthier than we do, means we're generating more pollution in the process and, again, using additional fuel to get it back into the country. So they're telling you they're doing this in the name of the environment, but at the end of the day, they're really just doing it in the name of their cash register. Money, 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 money. Okay, because the environment's getting worse, 
But everybody lecturing you about the environment has one little caveat at the end of every doomsday scenario. And you've heard it before. I'll hear it again. Please give us money. That's all it is. Hey, we can control the weather if you give us some money. <laughs> so, you know, no more, no more plastic grocery bags. We got renewable use grocery bags. And uh, I know this data says you'd have to use this bag 500 times in order for it to make any environmental difference whatsoever. Never mind that there's no way you're not going to lose a grocery bag in 500 trips to the grocery store. Okay, you know why you use reusable bags? Because the grocery store started to charge you if you wanted one of theirs. That's why you're using reusable bags. And that's fine. Either way, it was a shakedown racket for money. But it's not doing anything for the environment because the studies consistently show that a reusable bag has to be used three to five hundred times to offset the environmental impact of a single use plastic bag. Three to five hundred times. I have reusable grocery bags. We bought them during the pandemic. You know where they are? They're sitting in a bag of reusable grocery bags. Never with me when I go to the store because I forget them. I've been shopping for 40 years without bringing my own grocery bags. I know there are people that have gotten good at it that bring them, and they might even think they're helping the environment. But are they actually helping the environment? (laughs) But they're getting somebody paid. Okay, every one of these environmental initiatives is a shakedown. Everything this administration does, because they're so brazenly political, is a shakedown designed with implementing their agenda in mind and nothing else. Okay, don't ever forget, don't ever forget, The Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, inflation's at a 40-year high. We got to do something about it. So they passed a climate bill, okay, and then took a victory lap and said, this is the biggest climate bill in the history of the world. What a fraud. But why did they do that? Because they knew people didn't have the interest in climate change. So in order to ram it through, they passed it under a different name. Hey, people want inflation reduction. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're just going to pass our climate initiative, which at a time when we're in perilous debt will require us to spend and print even more money, okay, thus creating, by definition, the scenario in which inflation occurs, which is too many dollars chasing after too few goods. But you know what? We want to do this climate thing. Nobody else wants it, so we'll do this Inflation Reduction Act. That is financial lunacy. That's how they did us. Imagine, okay, if Jimmy wanted to pass a bill, okay, in the House called, you know, I don't know, free beer and boobies. (laughs) But then you come to find out, okay, that it's non-alcoholic beer and the boobies belong to Dylan Mulvaney. That was the worst thing I ever heard. Okay, you kind of got misled is the point. And that's what they do to us. And that's the biggest problem with the moment that we find ourselves in right now. We have traditional politicians running the country and they're making a laughing stock of us on the world stage because everything they say is so brazenly, transparently stupid. Here is Joe Biden. It was poor audio yesterday. This is what the White House is doing now. This is a new strategy. This is a real strategy. If you want to jog your brain, you can think about the answer to this question. I have friends on my show who've worked with Biden, who've worked in the White House, okay, who go to the parties, okay. I will tell you this in confidence between you and me. They know they need him out there if they're going to run him for president. What they're trying to do is minimize 
the amount of exposure he has to cameras and microphones. You've been watching this happen for four years. So one of their new ways to get around the fact that he never takes live questions, are you ready for this, is to have him take the questions on planes or before he's about to take off on the helicopter. Why? Because that poor audio potentially covers any verbal or mental miscues. So the White House has been getting harassed, okay? Well, this guy never takes questions. How come he never takes questions? When he does take questions, they're scripted questions. He has the answers on a note card. He calls on the uh, reporters ahead of time. He doesn't go out around the room and just take any old question. It's It's choreographed. It's a play. How come he's doing that? So what did the White House say? This is great. They're like, no, no, we're going to avail him for questions. He's available on the lawn tomorrow while the helicopter's getting ready to take off. And that's why they're doing it. So when he flubs and he makes the sign language interpreter shrug or he talks to a dead person or shouts out a congressman who wasn't in the room at any point because she's in a different state, it's now less obvious. They're trying to minimize his exposure to microphones. Here's Biden talking about the border. Okay, listen closely because there's a helicopter in the background, but he says he's done all he can on the border. I I'm, just listen to this. Clip five. With executive authority, is there more you can do? Absolutely. Not all I can do. Just give me the power. I've asked for the very day I got it off. Give me the border patrol. Give me the people. Give me the people to judge. Give me the people who can stop this and make it work right. Everybody in the White House. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You're going to hear a lot of Joe Biden heliconferences in the election year. You're going to hear a lot of Joe Biden on Air Force One so the loud engines are there so they can interrupt. So there's somebody standing over him. If you remember the famous shot of him flying back from the Middle East with Blinken standing there being like, good God, who put this man in front of a microphone? (laughs) Constantly trying to interrupt and pick six the question. Okay, Joe Biden as a president is like if you have an elderly grandparent who should never be around mixed races. Okay, we all have them. It's not specific to white people. Everybody has a very opinionated grandparent. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And you can't play a zone. Okay, if you find yourself in mixed company, you're guarding Grandma Fela man to man. Okay, I sure know I was back in the day. <laughs> my friend Lydell Innes, first kid I ever met, my first black friend I ever met as a child was a Little League baseball kid we played against on a travel team. So he was from Brooklyn, and his grandmother called me a cracker. for like, The funniest thing about me and him laughed. He was embarrassed. She's like, Lydell, good catch. I wanted to tell you, but you were over there talking to the cracker. And me and him just both died laughing. Me especially because, man, oh boy, oh man, it made me feel better knowing all the things my grandma had said about Lydell. What the hell did you just say? Oh, man, I didn't say anything. Grandma did. But the point is you have to guard the president of the United States in the same way, and that's not okay. It's not okay that you can't let the guy freestyle because we don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. And the idea that he wants to tell you he's done all he could on the border is technically not a lie. He did all he could on the border. The day he got into office by executive order, he destroyed the border, used the maximum strength he had as a president to reverse Trump's border policies. Guys, the man who just told you on a microphone he needs the resources to secure the border was paying to have the border wall materials destroyed. 
With his pen, he reversed Remain in Mexico, which is what is making all the drug traffickers and sex workers their money, the sex traffickers. Remain in Mexico, man, if you get caught at the border, you have to stay in Mexico for a few years until your asylum case gets granted. By getting rid of Remain in Mexico, it now means if you get caught in the bo- at the border, you're led into the country. Okay, you don't have to worry about coming back to your asylum case in three years or five years because they don't deport you anyway. We're being told that's inhumane. We should be building bridges, not walls, and everything in between. So the point is they don't care about people. They do not care about people, and you have to know that because anybody listening to political talk radio and being like, well, I vote Democrats because you know, Republicans are evil. They don't have the empathy of the Democrats. The Democrats just caused a $2 billion human sex trafficking operation at the southern border. That's led to the highest level of fentanyl poisoning deaths in the history of this country. So tell me again who has a problem with empathy. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the show that 9 out of 10 listeners voted the best host on radio. I don't want to say that they were dumb, but they were dumb. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Little cranky. It's Wednesday. The book's out. But have you listened to the show? I mean, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Because this is the thing, man. I didn't have a background in politics before I made it to Fox News. As a comedian, I was driving a taxi. I didn't watch these people on a day-to-day basis. The way you, in a cab, okay, you become an expert at human nature. You become a very good judge of character. You can judge body language. Okay, you can watch the way people talk and understand if they're talking in their authentic voice or if you're watching some type of a performance. It's a very hard thing to possess because I walk around constantly and to with all the fiber in my being, I know everybody that I work with who's completely full of <laughs> and some of them are my friends. But uh, <laughs> moving forward, okay, understand this. My day-to-day exposure to politics it, like, it will get me. Like, I come on the air, and I know I always say I sound like I get paid in Tide Pods and tequila, but I can see when someone is brazenly, completely full of and that's what's going on in our politics right now. Okay, whether it's Biden going to East Palestine, you know, or all this faux concern in the media about the border. Why won't Republicans do something? The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, the border, again... Is a $2 billion industry for drug cartels and sex traffickers this year. $2 billion. You know what it was last year? $2 billion. You know what it was the year before that? $2 billion. You know what that means? This problem has been going on for a lot longer than this week. That's true. That is true. So everybody in the media who now jumps in, ah, the Republicans don't even want to make a deal. I've never seen anything like this. Okay. Here is Akeem Jeffries claiming... That Trump directed extreme MAGA Republicans. And what's that there to do? It's there to brand the issue for their voters. It's not there to make a deal. It's not there to get a deal done. It's there to say to their voters, hey, I know you're being told this is a problem. It's MAGA's fault. Okay, here's Akima Jeffries, clip 12. We are ready, willing, and able to work in a bipartisan way to address the challenges that exist at the border. But the extreme MAGA Republicans have been directed by Donald Trump not to work together to address the challenges at the border and instead to distract the American people. You are lying your ass off. And why do I say that? Because 
Donald Trump's quote, I could play it for you, is he'd rather have no bill than a bad bill. Now, why is he saying that? Like, he really is saying that. So Hakeem Jeffries is not lying about Trump's verbiage. Here it is, clip 14. A lot of the senators are trying to say respectfully they're blaming it on me. I said, that's okay. Please blame it on me. Please. Because they were getting ready to pass a very bad bill. And I'll tell you what, a bad bill is I'd rather have no bill than a bad bill. I admire your honesty. And why do I say that as someone who's yelled about the border for three years? Okay, because every single thing that we need to secure the border does not require a bill in order for us to have it. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. And furthermore, the bill doesn't bring those things back. Does the bill re-implement the Remain in Mexico policy? Does the bill reconstruct the border wall? I don't know, Title 42, the screening procedure, none of it. So the point is, this bill is on the table so they can blame Republicans for the border crisis. But again and again and again, if the Democrats were concerned about the border and they thought a bill was the only way to save it, this absolutely positively should have been saved when they had control of all three branches of government. They didn't need a single solitary Republican to get it done, which means they didn't want to get it done. You are correct, sir. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh boy, did you look who's back in action on a big Wednesday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. You know the program, it only has one rule, we say it every day. To the point of exhaustion. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Uh, you are all welcome, regardless of your ideology or intellect, to be a Republican, be a Democrat. The only thing we would ever ask is that you don't be a. That's it. That's all we'd ever ask. It's a pretty tolerant show. It's a pretty inclusive, welcoming environment, if that's the only rule. I think he's got a point. So get it together. If you're one of those people who like hate listens to the radio, it's no fun. The whole point of being alive is to have a good time. That's the argument I'd make. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. And you know who that was, guys? That was Dean Wormer from Animal House. And you know what they did? They rebelled against Dean Wormer because he was wrong. Okay? Fat, drunk, and stupid is a fabulous way to go through life. Assuming you're not, like, behind the wheel or putting people in any type of danger. But if you can do so responsibly, I would encourage you to go through life in those exact terms. Because fat, drunk, and stupid uh, has left me at the helm of this national talk show, uh, which is on over 155 stations around the country, maybe over 160. My God. We've got our own Saturday Night TV show. And you don't know this. You don't know this, but I released a book this week. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm being silly. But the virtual book signing is tonight at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. If you want to go, get an autographed copy of the book, jimmysignedbook.com. All right, let's get to work here because I am not the only pop star making headlines in this hour. Okay. Taylor Swift 
has been, um, you know, a hot topic lately, uh, but not because of her singing. She has one of the best pop careers in the history of pop careers. I mean, she's phenomenal. She's like a Michael Jackson if he behaved better around children. He's totally false. But I mean, she's great. She, you couldn't be any bigger than Taylor Swift is right now. She is huge. Okay. She's got an NFL superstar tight end husband who, I got to be honest with you, seems like a fun guy. Great tight end going right to the Hall of Fame. I don't know that I like him becoming a spokesperson for Big Pharma and that he's endorsing a vaccine that didn't actually work as advertised. That's just a reality. We were told vaccinated people could not get or spread COVID, and that's why we were going to lose our jobs if we didn't get it. But lo and behold, what ultimately happened, vaccinated people got a lot of COVID. You are correct, sir. Sadly, a few hundred thousand of them died. So I don't love that endorsement, but I'm not here to get mad at Travis Kelsey. I'm not mad at Taylor Swift. I'm not, not even a little. Why would you be? Okay, can't be mad at him for shacking up with a pop star. I mean, that's pretty much the whole point of making it to the NFL so you can make a lot of money and shack up with pop stars. My hobbies are fast cars and fast women. So I'll drink to that. Okay, but the reason Taylor Swift is in the news is because there's a back and forth going on right now where the Biden campaign is trying to get her to endorse Biden now. Not in November when we're closing in on the election, not in October when they're rolling him out and trying to manage his public image and make some facade campaign appearances. Right now in January, they're trying to get a celebrity announcement. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? What's going on here is Biden is polling at 33 percent. What's going on here is Biden is going to East Palestine, Ohio this week. Over a year after the toxic train derailment dumped chemicals all over the ground and the drinking water and everything in between. And why is he doing it? Because they're trying to clean up the messes they made in the past three years. It's the election year. That's why they're talking about the border now. They set the fire at the border by taking a pen and rescinding all of Trump's border policies. You know, the ones that cut illegal border crossings to an 80-year low. We went from an 80-year low to an all-time high. Not good. Okay, so understand... The havoc that has been wreaked on the quality of life here in America under Joe Biden is inescapable in any town you go into. You're going to see things, whether it's an overflow of migrants, whether it's a spike in crime, whether it's safe injection sites or all three. In my case here in New York City, you can't look around right now and not feel like the country is going downhill. Biden is such a disaster. So he wants to bring Taylor Swift into the equation. Now, Sean Hannity, I want to give him credit for this. When news of Sean Hannity and Travis, uh, when news of Sean Hannity, when news of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's romance first surfaced, Sean and Travis aren't together. They broke it up a while ago. But when news of uh, Taylor and Travis's romance first became a public thing, Hannity, I was on a show. I was on live TV with him that night. It was just me and him. End of the longest running cable news show in history. That's the Sean Hannity show. I'm the host of the newest uh, show in cable news history. It's pretty funny. Yin and Yang right there. But uh, Hannity and I. Uh, talked about the couple, and he prefaced all of his his statements by saying he wishes them the best of luck. It's hard to be a celebrity couple with all the lights and cameras and everything in between, the TMZs of the world, all the scrutiny your relationship is subjected to. Sean said, regardless of how people feel about anybody politically or their role in the vaccine, they are human beings. Uh, they are trying to build a relationship. He wishes them luck. He took what is known as the high road. Remember the high road? Sean took it. Last night on his show, a show I'll be appearing on this Friday, uh, Sean said if he was Taylor Swift, 
he would really think before he endorsed Joe Biden. What's interesting is I said the same thing on the show yesterday, and um, neither one of us are wrong in saying it because we're not coming from a standpoint of, screw you, Taylor, you suck. That's not what we're doing. It's not, stay in your lane, lady. That's not what we're doing. What we're saying is, speaking purely as people who make a living in this industry of media, okay, one of the worst things you can ever do for your brand is to align it with something that's historically unpopular. If you were to poll the American people on Taylor Swift, okay, if you were to poll pop culture consumers, she's at like 93% in the polls. Okay, Joe Biden is at 33% in the polls. So my question to you is whose brand needs who's more? Does Taylor Swift's brand at 90 some odd percent need the help of Joe Biden at 33%? It's the other way around. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Now, understand, Taylor Swift could absolutely afford to come down a few pegs if that was the damage incurred by endorsing Joe Biden. She alienated a lot of people, and they're like, fine, we're not going to consume her product. She's a billionaire. She's going to be fine. We're not starting a GoFundMe. But the argument for me is bigger than brand management. The argument is Biden's policies have been terrible for women. Okay, the open border that has created a $2 billion sex trafficking industry that involves women, that's not good for women. Okay, Biden created that through executive order. Fentanyl, not good for women. The woke bail reforms in inner cities that are seeing rapists and robbers not do jail time, not good for women. So you can tell me this is a branding thing because Democrats are pro-abortion, so Taylor should endorse women's rights and everything. i got to be honest. When it comes to empowerment, it's not empowering to kill a baby so you can go spend an extra 40 hours a week in a cubicle. You should not be defining your self-worth or your life value by your career. And I'm saying that to you as someone who has achieved so far beyond anything I could ever dream as a fat little child. Okay, it is a, I'm on the biggest two billboards in Times Square right now. That is crazy. Bob Marley comes on before me. It's, it's crazy. After that, it's like Nicki Minaj and the NFL playoffs. Like those are the ads I'm trafficking in right now. That is unbelievable. Okay, it's mind blowing. I still think my friends just photoshopped it. But when you wind up in that position and you get to look at the world from the top of the billboard instead of on the sidewalk looking up at it, okay, you realize what matters. And I'm telling you now, okay, the things that matter are not your career. As cool as it is to have a fun one, okay, what matters is the things you value, you know, laughter, freedom, food, you know, stuff you might do a little bit later in the evening when nobody else is around except your significant other. I love it when you talk dirty. Well, not all of our listeners do. But the point is, okay, your quality of life should not be determined by your career. Yes, it'll determine the quality of your finances, but your ability to live comfortable in your own skin and find joy in the process is how you measure true happiness. And this idea that Taylor Swift should endorse a Democrat because, well, they are so pro-abortion. I mean, they're pretty much in favor of abortion up to the second report card at this point. Uh, You know, she's got to do that for women. But I can't argue that it's helping women. I can't. Okay, because it's not empowering to kill a baby. It's not. But when it comes to her actual brand, okay, and the fact that it hurts Joe Biden, you know, without having her endorsement, 
you know, she already knows in terms of where the value add is. But to take it a step further, my biggest argument that I've been making about pop culture people and athletes and everything in between getting into the arena is that it's dividing us further. It's not bringing us closer together, and nothing's gotten better since celebrities started getting into politics. Like Taylor Swift, if you remember, okay, got into politics to campaign against Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee. How did that work out? Okay, Taylor Swift got involved in 2022 in the midterms, okay, on behalf of the Democrats. Now, the red wave wasn't as bad as we expected it to be, but they still lost the House. I'm not saying she wouldn't help this time around because she has so much reach. But there's no way you can tell me that reach on behalf of one political party would help the country as a whole. You see, as a guy who gets on the air and gets on the TV every day on behalf of one party, the party's America, okay, I am genuinely mindful of the impact that people on TV and radio have on political discourse. We have a TV show, Saturday night, 10 p.m. There's no way you could watch it and think it was a right-wing show. It's physically impossible because as a comedian, comedy doesn't have a party. Comedy is a party. But what they're doing, okay, when it comes to the conservative reaction to Taylor Swift— as they're trying to cartoon it as like, we're threatened by women or something. They don't like a strong, proud woman or something like that. And I don't doubt some of those conservatives are out there. Are out there. You've heard the bile towards Nikki Haley. Uh, but here is Colin Cowherd on FS1 uh, talking about insecure men claiming they just want to watch football. I just think it's interesting because he's trying to characterize a specific type of reaction to Taylor Swift that absolutely exists. But he's doing it in a blanket fashion that would dismiss anybody who has objections to anything she or Travis or the Democrats have done. Clip 31. There's a lot of really weird, lonely, insecure men out there. The fact that a pop star, the world's biggest pop star, is dating a star tight end who had one of his greatest games ever. And a network puts them on the air briefly that it bothers you. What does that say about your life? Judge people sometimes on the silly stuff that bothers them. It'll tell you a lot about them. When I hear this whole thing about Taylor Swift, I just want to watch football. Liar. You're lying. That's not true. A football telecast is not just football. In fact, the commercials for four hours before the Super Bowl will be widely watched. Did you know statistically in a three and a half hour NFL playoff broadcast or regular season broadcast, just 18 minutes are actual football. And we have the data. We have the numbers. You don't turn away. There's coaches cutaways. They show fans in Buffalo on fire. Uh, commercials, reviews, 18 minutes of real football. For the record, about the length of five Taylor Swift songs. Now, what he's saying, uh, driven by data, is correct. Okay, the vast majority of the broadcast is not football plays because football plays happen very quickly. Okay, but the argument of I just want to watch football is basically them saying, I don't want this agenda forced on me. We realize this is a marketing effort by the NFL to bring in non-traditional viewers, and it gets exhausting to watch it repetitively during the game. Now, to Taylor Swift's credit, she's trying not to participate in it either. Okay, but it's very easy to line up against those guys and say, like, yeah, you're right. If you look at his stats, you're watching a lot more than football. And we know that's true. I mean, in truth, I've always loved in a blowout back in the day. 
cameramen used to pan the stands for hot chicks. When there was a blowout, they'd be like, all right, let's go find some cleavage. That's pretty much what they used to do during camera, you know, camera events during blowouts in the 80s and 90s and aughts. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Do you remember when Alabama was crushing in the national title game and Brent Musburger almost got fired on the air because he was talking about the quarterback of Alabama? I believe it was Greg McElroy, right, Josh? Was it Greg McElroy? Mac Jones? I think it was Greg McElroy. But anyway, what'd you say? I'm sorry? Oh. Looking up this very pertinent information. Yeah, this is important information. You got to have standards and practices on this. But I believe it was Greg McElroy and Brent Musburger was like, you know, oh, I'll tell you what they say about quarterbacks getting all the fine women. It wasn't quite Joe Namath a- asking to kiss Susie Colbert on the air. A.J. McCarron. It was, oh, that's right. It was A.J. McCarron. Mikey, do you remember A.J. McCarron and the Brent Musburger comment? I, know I do. You're, oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Because you're only, you were I, three years old when it happened. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It was 10 years ago, so you were about three years old <laughs> when it happened. But, uh, Wasn't he a backup for the Bengals, by the way? Probably. I mean, everybody. At one point, I was a backup for the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they haven't had the best run over there. But the whole point is, I think we'd all agree that, yes, as football fans, we're used to the camera showing us things that aren't football, okay? That's not what the objection to Taylor Swift is by the football fan. The objection is they all feel like they're being forced into a product placement, and the NFL is becoming secondary to what she is. Now, in truth, they show celebrities at every game. So I'm not mad about Taylor Swift. I don't fall under the thing of don't show her. I get it's going to happen anyway. You're going to watch the cast of whatever TV network uh, happens to be carrying the Super Bowl. You're going to see the cast of all their new sitcoms. It's all marketing. I don't really care. But one of the reasons Taylor Swift is so successful is she has a super talent that brings people together. And I would just caution against her using it to drive people apart. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing at 888-788-9910. Kennedy right around the corner. And it's going to be an absolute banger. Mayhem. Kennedy sends heading out to L.A. Uh, where I will be uh, this Friday night. Uh, and then I'll be back. Oh, man. Whew. <laughs> I'll be back somehow on New- in New York Saturday night. Why? Because I got to do a TV show, and then on Sunday, we've got our first live book event, uh, in person anyway. Tonight's the virtual signing. If you want to go 6 p.m. Eastern, jimmysignedbook.com. But this Sunday, I am at Books and Greetings. Uh, that is in Livingston, uh, Livingston Street in North Vale, New Jersey. If you want to see me this coming Sunday, February the 4th, it is a 12 o'clock book signing right there at Books and Greetings. Friday, February the 9th, Strong Island. I'll be in my hood at the Gardner Manor Mall, which is, of course, 842 Sunrise Highway right there in Bayshore. If you're listening on WRCN, you have no excuse. Sunrise Highway, are you kidding me? You better be there. That is Friday night, the 9th of February. The cast of my TV show will be there as well. Uh, And then Saturday, February the 10th, myself and Dana Perino. Dana Perino hosting and moderating at the Little Point Bookstore in Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey, Fela and Perino. There's about a 300-point IQ difference between us. 
But as you'd imagine, I'm going to help her keep up. I'll do my best to make her look okay. I kid! But you better go to one of them or attend the virtual book signing tonight, jimmysignedbook.com. And stick around for Kennedy because what we're going to get into, man, oh boy, oh man. Do you remember Cory Bush, who was just as big of a dirtbag as we've ever had in elected office? You know, defund the police, Cory Bush. We're now finding out not only did she have police protection the whole time, we knew that the last three years, but she's now being accused of spending money she wasn't supposed to on that protection. I mean, man, what a dirtbag. We'll talk about it next. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They are playing Michael Jackson. And not just because my next guest is not allowed around children. Uh, The host of the Kennedy Saves the World podcast. (laughs) The K-Train on the line. Hey, girl. Hey, Jim. That was a cheap shot because you are actually the furthest thing from a Michael Jackson, although you have been close physically to Michael Jackson. I have touched him. I smelled him. (laughs) I conversed with him. We exchanged pleasantries, Jim. And what did he famously say? The children love you, Kennedy. <laughs> he said, the children love you, Kennedy. He's totally false. No, it's not, Michael. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, a younger Kennedy probably didn't wonder how he'd know the children loved her so much. But looking back, do you wonder, uh, ever doubt that he was sincere in saying it? I don't doubt that he knew where the children stood on Kennedy. Yeah, I, I don't like where he was standing on the children. That was the problem. <laughs> there it is. Boom. Uh, good to hear your voice. Uh, I understand I might be seeing you in Los Angeles Friday night. Uh, I'm just Yeah, I've already warned the neighbors. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I pre-called the police. Listen. It's like when you pre-order an Uber. <laughs> you can book the police. Yo, any cop listening in the LAPD right now better not show up unless they plan on singing Whitney Houston's national anthem at least 35 times. It's almost the 4th of July, Jim. It's it coming. is our, uh, our civic duty. You, you know how college football teams have a spring game, you know, before the football season? This is like our spring game. We're going to have like a little patriotic moment out there in the Palisades. And then well, I'm, we'll... Glad, I'm glad you let me know because I'm just going to go ahead and put out all the decorations. It's the right, it's the, it's the right thing the to do. The bunting, the fireworks. It should all be there. Uh, let's have this talk because uh, I'm excited to have it with you of all people uh, because you are, I mean, for real, when it comes to pop culture, okay, you are a pop culture icon. I believe you introduce yourself to celebrities as a cultural icon. Is that what you call yourself? <laughs> Someone has to, so it might as well be me. Did you not introduce yourself to Harrison Ford as a cultural icon? I absolutely did. Actually, I introduced myself to um, – the kid who played Spider-Man, Tom, whatever his name is, as a cultural icon. <laughs> Tom Holland. I introduced myself to, to Harrison, Tom Holland. I introduced myself to Harrison Ford as America's sweetheart. Oh, that's even better. That is even better. And I, to be clear, I see you as America's sweetheart. Thank you. I'm going to the Daytona 500 this year. I'm real excited about it. No, I mean, that. no, it trapped. You're talking trailer parks. Forget, put a tiara on you right now. But We should do a tour, Jim. America the Beautiful Tour. Maybe that'll take the place of our tipsy town halls later this summer. Uh, Let's talk about this, though, uh, in pop culture. 
Taylor Swift endorsing Joe Biden. She's done it before. She's been political in the past. I don't really care one way or the other. I'm not one of the people mad at Taylor Swift. I, I respect Taylor Swift so much because as successful as she is, she's working really hard at the creative process. Like most bands have mailed it in by now. She's probably more creative now than she was 10 years ago. Wouldn't you start there? Um, absolutely. And it's not just the output of songs. Mm-hmm. It's what she gives to her fans. Yep. And, you know, a, a three-hour show after a five-year hiatus, mm-hmm. putting out the amount of music that she does, the fact that it is at the quality that is it is for so long, I think she is unparalleled in that regard. Yep. So we can't begrudge her any of her success, and certainly not Travis Kelsey. And certainly not. And I never would. No, ever. And we had this talk about Travis Kelsey, too, from the standpoint of, you know, I can't get mad at him. I mean, the whole point of getting CTE later in life is because you made enough money in your 20s and 30s to shack up with supermodels and pop stars, no? Yeah, that's the point of becoming a professional football player. Yeah. Thank Otherwise, you. you know, they'd all get an MBA and go into finance Thank if they you. were smart enough. Not a lot of finance guys shacking up with the biggest pop star in the world is what we're trying to say. Not unless they own LVMH. <laughs> well played. But let's stay here for a second. When I see her endorsing Biden, I'm not one of those people trying to mitigate damage to the Republican Party where I would throw a cautionary tale at her is that she's Biden's polling at 33 percent. She's polling as the star that she is probably at 93 percent nationally. People genuinely like Taylor Swift. My concern is not about the politics, but if I was managing her brand, this is all I'm asking you. If you were managing her brand, would you be concerned about her endorsing him? Yeah, not just because Republicans are going to be mad at her, but, you know, she would be smarter to stay out and endorse Michelle Obama. Thank you. Like, that would be a far more understandable endorsement from her. Yeah. But, you know, by let's say she moves the needle 18 percent. And those are the people who say that they would be somewhat or very likely to vote for a candidate she endorsed, which I think is absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, and as much as I respect her. I don't know that, that she has uh, the foreign policy chops to be <laughs> advising the president on what to do yeah. in Gaza well, right now. Well, um, luckily for her, you don't need them in this administration. <laughs> no, you really don't. No one else seems to have any as well. Um, but he's, you know, it's like sticking us with him for four more years is a miscarriage of justice. Like if she's going to use the power, use it for something cool, like endorse RFK Jr. or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Kennedy's on the line talking about Taylor Swift. If you're polling 60 percent higher than the thing you're endorsing, they need you a lot more than you need them. Yeah, you don't need them at all right now. Just just keep dry humping your boyfriend in the no boo men's bathroom. That's, <laughs> that's fine. Just do it. I'm, I'm a fan of all of that. Like, people get mad that she's at games. It's oh, like, who cares? Go to games. Like, and, yeah. you know, it's, I was obsessed with our high school quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he he didn't he didn't talk to me. If he knew who I was, he was creeped out by me. So I was so upset when his sister called me and said, "Just stop it with my brother. Stop it. Leave him alone. Stop talking." Like that really happened. So I understand, you know, that adolescent obsession with the hot, talented football player. Totally get it. Yep. Like I see where she's coming from. Um, so I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad nope. she's going to the game. Nope. You know, it's not affecting her music. doesn't seem to be affecting his play. Nope. So everyone can just stop it about that. But do not stick us with that that, cro- that crusty scrotum 
for another four years. <laughs> that's, that's where we draw the line. Uh, at, the, at the fact that they've erased the line at our southern border, and it's now just a, you know, it's an all-inclusive. <laughs> because honestly, like, if you were going to get into this, and I don't want to get into this, but maybe for 30 seconds we should. Okay, what he's done at the southern border is more detrimental to women and the humanitarian crisis that's ensued than any type of victory she thinks she could deliver for women by endorsing a pro-choice candidate. Yeah, so you're putting women and children at risk because, you know, they've been told that it's a bang-up idea to send their kids by themselves after borrowing thousands of dollars to pay some human smuggler to get your kid into the United States. And we don't know about the kids who disappear. You know, they're they're not doing a, a, a lot of research and investigation into the kids who don't make it into this country or, you know, the kids who go by themselves through the Darien Gap. Like, it's it's such a bad idea. This is awful policy, and entire cities are overwhelmed with no alternative and no answer. So, and, And that's what you're getting with this guy. So you're absolutely right. The endorsement, like, the power that she has is real, mm-hmm. but save it for someone who's not going to run the country into the ground. Amen. Talking to the K-Train, who is heading out to the West Coast, where we're getting the band back together Friday night. Uh, that's the only other thing I wanted to throw at you. I know you're going to a big fancy pants dinner before I see you Friday night. I will not. Uh, you know the champ well. Okay, there are three things that are on my mind uh, when I get out there. First and foremost is always the cigar we're going to have in your backyard. It just it matters. Amen. And it'll be it'll be choice. Nothing short of a religious experience. Uh, we won't get into it now because we're short on time, but maybe the best cigar I ever smoked in your, my life involved my child, Lincoln, my wife, Jenny, you, and what a we thought to be asleep, David Dagan McDowell, listening to the conversation in the corner of the yard. <laughs> One of the best stories ever. Anyone uh, who's seen Kennedy and I live knows what story we're referring to. In the interest of time and retaining some of the advertisers, we won't tell it now. Uh, but we we may get into it for the sake of our company Friday night so everybody has a chance to relive it live. But knowing the champ, and you know me, okay, there's three possible options for what I do uh, when I'm done with work Friday and I, before I come over to your house. Is it In-N-Out Burger? Is it Benny's Burritos? Or do I go over to the barbecue place in Brentwood? The name is escaping me, and I love it so much. It's not barbecue though. It has a name like that. Wild Hog or something. I don't know. i got to think. I know. God, that's a solid call. I mean, I'm a sucker for in and out It really depends on what you're craving when you get off the plane. Yeah. Because those are all three, like, strong craving foods. Mm. And, you know, when you touch down... The skies will open up, and they'll tell you exactly what to get. That's so true. So you think I need to get off the plane, and I just need to feel the place out? Like, maybe listen to Welcome. Maybe maybe, maybe you hit the triple. <laughs> you just do all three. Yeah, because this is the other problem, though. The reason I'm giving you this question really quickly is because if I don't eat before we hang out, I'm going to wind up at Roscoe's. And I shouldn't wind up at Roscoe's in the state that I'm in. Because a Roscoe's chicken and waffles at 4 or 5 in the morning is the answer if you're really looking for your culinary salvation. But uh, I am <laughs> sort of trying kind of to hold my life together right now. And you know how you can tell, you know, we work in corporate America. The wardrobe team's never going to tell you if you got fat. They can't. 
okay? But they can tell you without telling you. You know what I'm saying? And Yeah, they'll, they'll be like, hey, we sized up in this blazer, Jim. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> I'm reading the writing on the wall, and for some reason there's a scale next to it. I don't know why. Uh, so it very well, it very, it, yep. I'm going to pull a Frank Drebin and do what you said. When you get off the plane, like a blind man at an orgy, I'd have to feel things out. <laughs> That's where we're headed. Everything I see reminds me of her. <laughs> Good luck at the airport. Give my best to the pro-Hamas protesters. I will, uh, I'll see you out in California, girlfriend. We'll see you in two days, Jim. You're the best, Kate. I'll get the fireworks ready. <laughs> there it is. There she goes. The great Kennedy, bell of the cable news ball. Get her out. Get her out of here. Don't you dare. Uh, when me and the K-Train get together on the West Coast, it's something you should all be allowed to participate in once. And the truth is you could. Uh, when she has her 4th of July party, she literally invites anyone she runs into that week. Like, oh, this guy's a, you know, this guy's a cashier at Vaughn's over on the uh, Pacific Coast Highway. She was just getting gas. She ran into him, told him she was having a party. She does that. Like, you go to her party. Lincoln and Jenny have been to it a few times. You might walk in her backyard and see, like, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters because she has all these MTV connections. And then after that, you'll see a DoorDash guy who wasn't even delivering to her house. He brought something to the neighbors, and she struck up a conversation while she was taking one of her jogs. Like, she is as all-inclusive as they come when you throw a party. But when we get together in California, I mean, how many times a year could it really happen? Two or three? We burn it to the ground. So if I'm on your TV set Saturday night with a face tattoo, uh, it's because of what I did Friday night. In Los Angeles, which is why they Fox booked me on the earliest flight out allowable by law. I'm not on a red eye, like a one in the morning flight, but you damn sure better believe I'm on a five in the morning flight because they wanted me out of there immediately. Anyway, quick break. We are back after this. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up, man. It's Wednesday. You want some inside information. You know how I tell you guys way more than you're supposed to know. Cast the Fox News Saturday night this week for all you frisky ladies out there who like the heartthrobs. The entire cast, the entire cast of Farmer Needs a Wife going to be joining us on Fox News Saturday night. All five guys in their sexy-ass cowboy hats. Big belt buckles. You can hear the ladies swooning already. Big accents. Farmer needs a wife. Okay, I've got a few options. Now, 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 now. These are silly jokes. Uh, I'm pumped up. I met last year's cast at the White House Correspondence Center. They were really cool guys. And what's awesome about these shows is these dudes are like genuine article dudes. So it's like, you know. We're at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You know, these guys just want canned beer. Like, people are passing around champagne, you know, fancy wines that I can't pronounce. This is from the eastern region of France. And they're just like, you got any natty lights back there? (laughs) And they're not being tacky. They're being real. And they were my guys. I hung out with them. So I'm excited to meet this season's cast. They will be on the show. A lot of fabulous comedians. Basically, every week that you guys turn on the show, you're going to see two new comedians you probably haven't heard of in the Fox orbit. 
that are friends of mine that are phenomenal in clubs, just absolute bangers. And uh, that's kind of the M.O. of what the show is. It's pure escapism. You're not only escaping politics, but you're escaping the channel that I work for in the sense that our show is an outlier from who you're used to seeing on the air on all of our shows because we all do each other's shows. So one of the things we're doing on my show and Greg's show is we're not really using each other's guests in terms of comics. So we all have a unique energy that provides you with, you know, this other thing, because that's what comedy is supposed to be. Every act comes onto the stage and changes the energy of the room. It's why Gilbert Godfrey was so good. Gilbert Godfrey, as profoundly talented as he was, they could use him if they needed a standing ovation. They could also use him if they needed him to empty the entire comedy club in two minutes because he could be that offensive in grading with his big, you know, rah, 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 rah. And I've opened for Gilbert Godfrey at Caroline's. And uh, I'm proud to say it went so well. Caroline's is now a racquetball club. In fact, it actually closed as a racquetball club. So it's two businesses ago at that location, despite the fact that it was an iconic club. Uh, obviously, it shut down, you know, nearly a decade after I opened for Gilbert. But Gilbert was as good as anybody because he was a guy who re- recognized the fact that comedy was not about boundaries. It's about bedlam. You're going to a comedy club to hear and behave in ways that you don't in the outside world. There's a unique energy to it that makes it magical. That's why I wrote the Cancel Culture Dictionary. I want people to understand that we're doing it wrong. My book is not a, we got to beat these guys. My book is a, we got to chill out. Everybody's just got to chill out and shut up. We don't need a battle to fix the country right now. We need a keg party. That's what we need, straight up. And I doubt it's going to be people with their issues and angry people and political people. If you look at something I post online, you know, within 10 comments, there's always someone being like, you're a you know, white supremacist scum or something terrible. These are obviously broken people. You feel bad for them. You don't try to fight with them. You try to redirect their anger towards whatever's bothering them in life so they can turn it around. But the fact remains, social media creates more of that instead of less of that. Because conflict and hatred gets amplified in a way that being nice and coexisting doesn't. If I get on social media right now and say something nice about a Democrat, nobody's clicking like. But if I were to say they were the worst people who ever lived, I know at least a thousand people will click like. So it's like we've incentivized, if you really want the digital dopamine from the phone, we've incentivized the worst behavior. So I wrote a book that was just trying to get people's heads out of their butts. And if you know a liberal, specifically a liberal, if you know somebody who hates Fox News, buy them the book. Straight up buy them the book. They'll read it and be like, who the hell is this guy? Okay, when you read our write-up in Forbes magazine that came out yesterday about my TV show, uh, guy did a really fair, really fun interview, and he watched the show before he wrote about it. He made it a point to see if I was being honest about my pledge to make it an apolitical show, and he watched it. And if you read the Forbes article, he genuinely surprised that I could come onto Fox News and do a show that was politically free on a Saturday night. But that's exactly what we do because we're trying to have fun. I don't want to fight all day. God, it's exhausting. Buy my book. Chill out. FoxNewsBooks.com, and don't go anywhere. Wesley Hunt, the self-proclaimed best-dressed man in Congress, self-proclaimed. He stops by next on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Hope you're ready. We got a hell of an hour coming our way on Fox Across America. Wesley Hunt. The self-proclaimed best-dressed man in Congress. Uh, Somebody I do love talking to because he's from the great state of Texas. uh, The 38th Congressional District to be exact. 
And he's going to join us to go inside the border battle and talk about some swing state polling for Joe Biden that, I got to be honest, folks. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Not looking good, which is why they're making a lot of last-ditch efforts to convince the country the Democratic Party. They're the ones that care about the southern border. That is a fact check false. Okay, we'll get into all of it. It's going to be a loose, going to be a silly show. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. I got to get to some 2024 stuff. But really quickly, uh, before I do, I wanted to get you up to speed on this Cori Bush stuff. Uh, because a lot of our listeners, like KFTK out in St. Louis, uh, are all too familiar with who Cori Bush is, which, to be clear, is a fraud. Okay, Cori Bush famously pushed to defund the police and then got caught doing what? Having a massive police security team. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. I mean, come on, lady. You're trying to save lives. That's why we're defunding the police. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. Even Wojtek Delinsky from 3 O'Clock High is upset. Okay, but understand. Okay, she's a fraud. She actually went out in addition to spending money on police protection that she wanted to deny you. Because, again, she said she's got to, you know, She's got to pr- protect herself. You know, we're in danger. You got to have police. But if the streets are so dangerous that she has to have police, in what world is it okay for her to keep them for herself but deny them for the rest of us? Bingo, man. Bingo. And she tries to make, well, because I have death threats. Um, d- What? What are we even talking about here? The point is you wanted to eliminate something for everyone but yourself. The latest reporting accuses her of using taxpayer dollars to pay for this police protection. By the way, she married one of the cops. Married one of them. And he seems to have been making a hell of a whole lot more money than everybody else in her detail. This is what happened to Fannie Willis down in Atlanta. She was having an affair with a guy who she threw on the prosecution of Trump, paid him a gazillion dollars more than everybody else, according to the complaints, visited the White House with him a few times, made all kinds of cash, did the deed, and prosecuted Trump. And then when people were like, hey, what's up with this... uh, Paying the boyfriend all the extra money. What's up with, uh, I don't know, hiring him to prosecute Trump so you could spend more time with him alone? I mean, he's billing the taxpayer for after-hours get-togethers. We're talking, you know, the guy claimed he worked 24 hours a day. And I don't doubt that he worked 24 hours a day. I love it when you talk dirty. Yeah, the point is they weren't all on the clock. So when they get caught... In brazen violation, and this is a dangerous place to find ourselves in society. We have a lot of lawmakers right now that break the laws or, you know, kind of violate their oath of office in the sense that they are abusing their privilege as an elected official in Washington. And they try to keep themselves immune to any criticism by telling us, oh, it's about my race. That's what Fannie Willis said. She's a prosecutor. She said black women deserve grace. You can't accept expect us to be perfect which is essentially her saying she did the thing she's accused of. Correct the mundo. Okay, Cori Bush 
admitted to doing the thing she was accused of when it came to having a police detail, but tried to claim that defunding the police would save lives. You cannot be serious! You cannot be serious. Okay, defunding the police would save lives? Defunding the police would save lives the same way getting brakes off your car would prevent accidents, meaning it wouldn't. But here is Bush doing what Fannie Willis is, okay? Well, I got caught doing a bad thing, um, uh, racism, uh, the um, uh, black woman or something. Here it is, clip 26. I have endured relentless threats to my physical safety and life. As a rank-and-file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible to retain security services. I have not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services. In recent months, right-wing organizations have lodged baseless complaints against me, peddling notions that I have misused campaign funds to pay for personal security services. That simply is not true. I mean, man, you know, when she tries to tell you that, you know, I have used campaign funds. I have. She admits she has, but wants you to believe it's okay because they're existing in this gray area where they're not quite federal funds. Oh, shut up, woman. It's impossible to give her the benefit of the doubt when she's been caught lying on such a grand scale. But here she was again, okay, this is in August of 2021 when, to their credit, CBS asked her about private security spending. Listen to the explanation she gives you, clip 28. You would rather me die? Is that what you want to see? You want to see me die? You know, because that could be the alternative. So either I spend $70,000 on private security over the last few months, and I'm here standing here standing now and able to speak, able to help save 11 million people from being evicted, or I could possibly have a death attempt on my life. I mean, dude, nobody here is going to endorse a death attempt on your life. We don't want that. But this is a little ridiculous. Okay, the idea that in one breath you can say no cops for you guys, but plenty of cops for me because I've had death threats. You know who else has had death threats? The people that are dying all over the place. Because the truth is, by creating more empathy for the criminal than the victim, more empathy for the criminal than the cop, we've emboldened bad behavior. And the cops are playing defense when it comes to crime instead of offense. Instead of proactive policing, we very much have reactive policing. We have communities gone, you know, completely amok, to use a term I never use. Okay, and when you hear her get caught, you know, she always pivots back to the same old thing, which is, of course, it's fine for me, but not for you. But dig this. If our streets are so lawless that a congressman shouldn't feel safe from potential threats she receives on the Internet, we should be doing everything on earth we can to increase the police protections for everyone. If people are out there running around that want to kill Cori Bush and they're capable of doing it, here's a newsflash, they're capable of killing everybody else. I think he's got a point. Okay, and they're not going to stop at her. But this is the ridiculousness and the hypocrisy of what she's saying. Here's Ben Dominich talking about a clip 30. 
We have seen time and again the hypocrisy of those on the left who want to deny police protections for average Americans across the country, who want to pull back the kind of, uh, from the kind of communities that need the kind of policing that keeps those communities safe, and at the same time spend extraordinary amounts on their own personal protection, making sure that they can just glide above everyone else. And this is the same type of elitist left attitude that we see across the board from them, whether it's on issues of climate, whether it's on issues of personal security, whether it's on issues of taxes or any of the other kind of things that we've seen them, you know, hit with. And, and that includes, of course, the BLM mm -hmm. money that was absolutely squandered in ways that we have never fully been able to calculate. And if you're not familiar, BLM, of course, stands for Buy Large Mansions. Uh, spent a lot of house money with that BLM cash. Not a lot of defense funds. Nothing to improve the quality of education in the inner cities or maybe repair the relationship between the police and the communities. But if you're looking to buy a house for a relative in California, man, was BLM a good movement for you. Okay, but the point I'm trying to make and the reason I cycle back to this Cory Bush thing is this is a teachable moment, whether you're Republican or Democrat or anybody in between. There's a lot of people right now in elected office that are pushing things on the rest of us that they have no intention of adhering to. Corey Bush is a good example of it with defund the police, but as Ben Dominich said in the clip, it's no different than the climate initiatives. Everybody who flies around the world telling you to reduce your carbon footprint is doing it on a private jet. Okay, John Kerry is not reducing his carbon footprint. He has a carbon footprint that's bigger than George Murison, if you wanted a deep cut NBA reference. <laughs> bigger than Bryant Big Country Reeves. If you're listening down in Tulsa or maybe Oklahoma City. Uh, but the point is, every one of these people that is demanding a change to society is demanding a change that doesn't affect them. That, okay, in theory is not hypocritical. I think it goes beyond that. I think there's almost this sociopathic indifference to the well-being of the rest of us. Either that or they're just so spectacularly stupid. But in either situation, they're not fit to be in office. That's true. That is true. And the point I'm always trying to make in politics, and I think this is something everybody should pay more attention to, is we don't owe individual parties our loyalty. Cori Bush is in office because they just vote Democrat in her district. Doesn't matter who the nominee is. That's how George Santos got elected. Okay. People vote straight ticket in every one of their races. Straight ticket. You know, George Sanders got got elected because districts that vote a certain way for 100 years vote for the nominee from the party they prefer, no matter who it happens to be. So in George Santos's case, uh, wildly unfit for Congress, with all due respect to the fact that he's a former Holocaust survivor turned astronaut, uh, I still don't believe George Santos was fit to lead. OK, but he got elected because we don't really itemize the ballots and we need to itemize the ballots. I have no problem, no problem voting Democrat if I think their candidate is superior to the Republican candidate. OK, if 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 seriously, if John Fetterman was in a better condition that allowed him to speak when he was running for Senate. And John Fetterman was taking the positions on the Middle East and the southern border that he's taking right now. If I was a Pennsylvanian, I would have elected him over Dr. Oz in a second. Now, I'm on the radio all over Pennsylvania, but I don't have the ability to vote in Pennsylvania. But the point is I'd be willing to vote for the Democrat if I thought he was a better guy. Okay, Harold Ford Jr., who you guys see on Fox on The Five, is a phenomenal human being. Happened to be a former Democratic congressman from Michigan. I would vote for the guy in a second if he was running in a race because he's good and he's, you know, pro-America. That's what we need more of. 
So I think what we spend so much time investing in on talk radio, especially on a national level, is the top of the ticket. Who's going to win the general? Is it going to be Trump? Is it going to be Biden? It's going to be Newsom? Is it going to be Nikki Haley? Who's it going to be? Okay, and we devote so many man hours to that. But I really do think we'd help on this show and on every other show if we paid a little more attention to the down ballot races because they're the ones that really do have major impacts on the community as far as the way Washington is run. You know, when you vote down ballot because you vote one party your whole life, you know, you increase the chances of sending a go-along to get-along politician to Washington, at which point we continue the status quo that has 76% of Americans thinking the country's going in the right direction, or the wrong direction, the wrong direction. Think about that. You're living in an America where 76% of us think the country is headed in the wrong direction. Okay, if you hire an Uber driver, 76% of the voters Think in the back seat, this guy's driving down the wrong way. Okay, it is absolutely time to, at the very least, pull over for a minute and have a little chit chat about where we go from here. And the point is, we're not doing enough pulling over in these scenarios because we fight for our parties harder than we fight for our country. I, your main man, Jimmy Fallon, are going to try to keep bringing this country together. Wish me luck. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. Hey, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Willie, quickly, Randy is in Litchfield, Illinois. Randy! Jimmy, how you doing? I'm doing, man. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a little worked yeah. up this week. I've been cranky. I'm releasing a book, but at the same time, I'm yelling and screaming. I'm the guy who wants the kids to get off his lawn. <laughs> Congratulations on that book. You deserve all the success. Whoa. I have been listening to you since you started this show, Whoa. and I gl- I'm just honored to have been able to watch you progress through this Dude. past what, what, five, six years, whatever it's been now. Yeah, it's it's uh, completely insane. But you do own a percentage of this victory, man. Like, if you were day one guy, you were driving this bus, man. You th- Thanks for the gas money. <laughs> You're so humble. Man, it is all you. I, I, I heard you at first doing those little news clips mm-hmm. uh, during other shows. And I was like, who is this guy? And so I did a search, found out it was you, and then I found out you had your own show, and I immediately started listening to it. Wow. And I, man, I've been a fan of yours ever since. Damn, we need to <laughs> we need to clone you, Randy. Is what we need to do. Uh, I'm definitely not cloning Corey Bush. Oh my God! Now, see, that's what I, I was wanting to talk about: the dumbest, most hypocritical college-educated person in Congress. Mm-hmm. She, first of all, doesn't know the understand the difference between an attempt on your life and a death threat. She's mm-hmm. never had an attempt on her life. So said that um, she also said that she has to have the police so she can be there to do the work. And that money has got to go into social net so, because they're trying to save lives. So why isn't she spending this campaign money on social workers to help her out? She's got she's hiring police, her boyfriend, <laughs> a social worker. So she's kind of a hypocrite. Total scam. That's the but that's the rub. Like you get it. I get it. And, you know, I think I think people are catching on here. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is if you see this out of any politician in any party, just don't be OK with it. You know, because there's a lot of Democrats right. that will give her a pass. That because like, well, we don't want to give the Republicans a win. So let's keep getting ripped off by this woman who's going to get us all killed if she, if she can yeah, abolish the police. about credibility. Yeah. Big problem. No, you get it, man. Well. 
we're watching you on Saturday nights now, man. Keep up the good work, and I wish all the success to you in the world. Damn, Randy. You're the best. You sure know how to make a girl feel special. Thanks, brother. <laughs> I'll see you soon. <laughs> Thank you. My man, the great Randy. Uh, listen, I'm going to throw this next guy on the line. I don't know where this is going to go. Michael! Jimmy! Oh, my gosh, you have to play your grandma man-to-man no zone. Oh, my gosh, that made me laugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so clever. Listen, if you've had an elder grandmother, she has opinions. And in mixed company, you've got to be around to interrupt grandma because she might let one fly. She might hit somebody in the ribs with a fastball, and you just ruined a wedding or something. My grandmas were gone, uh, but mom and dad, yeah, that that still applies. So look, hey, uh, this virtual book signing tonight, uh, mm. is this a black tie affair <laughs> or shirt and sweatpants be appropriate? I'm just looking for a little fashion guy. Listen, I've told Brenberg he's not allowed to wear a shirt at all. I need to get some women to tune in. I, I need some ladies. You wear whatever the hell you want. I'll be there. Uh, but yeah, you ain't got to worry about me, my man. All right. Well, great. I'm looking forward to it. Six o'clock, right? Six o'clock Eastern, right? 6 p.m. Eastern. We are ready to rumble. So get your game face on. If you're going to be there, I'll give you a special shout out. I'm, I'm pulling this rig over, and I wouldn't miss it for the world. So, uh, yeah, you put your game face on, buddy. You don't worry about nothing. Try not to get thrown out of the virtual party, Michael. It's really hard to do, but you might pull it off. Yeah, I might pull it off. I'll see you tonight, champ. Thanks, brother. The great Michael uh, talking about coming to my virtual book launch. I got a feeling two minutes in we're going to be like, get him out of here. Get him out. That's true. Michael's a model citizen. Any man who likes a QP hamburger in Lima, Ohio, is a winner in my book. Although this show might have peaked with Randy, who was buttering me up quite a bit. Uh, But listen, I need all the help I can get. This is a brutal business. Beat you down. But we're back on our feet with Wesley Hunt when we come back on Fox Across America. There it is, Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, trying to hold the country together on a Wednesday. I'm bringing in some backup from the 38th Congressional District of Texas. We are talking about the self-proclaimed best-dressed man in Congress. Representative Wesley Hunt is here. Hey, man. First of all, I want to thank you so much for playing Blow the Whistle by Too Short. <laughs> you damn right. I came on your show. you damn right. This is amazing. Every, every <laughs> superhero amazing. gets theme music. We and, have and, and blow the whistle by too short is my theme music. Oh my god, did, man! Did, all right, so that's, that's my love language, man. Do you want me to get? All right, you want me to give you some deep insider knowledge here about that song? Please. So one of my homies here on Fox News, Emily Campagno, she co-hosts Outnumbered. I was just on that on, on that show, and she's on my show a lot. She used to be the former head cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders, okay. and because Too Short is from the Bay Area. Yes, that's uh, right. The Oakland Raiders, the Raiderettes, would come onto yes. the field to blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. How oh, outrageous man. is that? My day is complete. I swear my day is complete. Thank I, you, sir. I'll give you one more, okay? And then and I'm, you I'm here for it. And you can act you can <laughs> act like you're not interested in anything I have to say about the Raiders cheerleaders because your wife might be listening to the interview. But uh, I am. You know, but for the record, I am interested. Yeah, <laughs> 
<laughs> at when I taped my Fox News stand-up special. I have a special on Fox Nation right now. It's called They're Just Jokes. That's what it's called. Everybody listening knows about it. So we promote it to the point that they want to punch me in the face at this point. Like, we actually need to blow the whistle at this point because they're going to jump me. But anyway. Um, <laughs> The last thing that happened to me before I went on stage is I didn't know Emily was in my green room, but they were letting a lot of Fox talent in to say hello before the show because it's a big venue. See, it's like, a, you know, a thousand people or something. So the boombox happened to be playing Blow the Whistle. So Emily, unbeknownst to me, had orchestrated among staffers. I'm talking waitresses, bar backs, and just random people who work the venue. She had put them together in a pyramid formation so she could do her Blow the Whistle dance before I went on stage. And you don't see this in the show, but you would imagine the Raiderettes are probably good for your vibe before you go out and shoot a comedy special. Damn straight. And now I have an idea. Mm. Last time we talked, you invited me on your show. Mm -hmm. When I see this show in person, Emily is doing the Raider dance. <laughs> Wesley Hunt. Listen, man, you can't, I don't know what you know about our channel. You're not allowed to tip here. You can't tip the women. <laughs> Good. I'll keep that in mind. We got we to play, since we're talking football, defense wins championships, Wesley Hunt. You got it. Defense got wins it. championships. <laughs> Always nice to have you on the show. Uh, we're not playing any defense at the border. This is all I wanted to know, though. I know we agree on the border, but there's a thing happening right now that I consider a little bit of a sleight-of-hand trick in that Biden, who undid a lot of Trump's policies with a stroke of a pen, could clearly re-implement them just the same. They're trying to use legislation as a means of kind of holding Republicans hostage and portray you as not wanting to solve the border. Border crisis, But is this not an instance where they've set a fire and now they want credit for putting it out like the movie Backdraft? Jay-Z said it best. We don't believe you. You need more people. <laughs> we all know that you are lying because we have been talking about this for the past three and a half years. We've been talking about Mayorkas. We've been talking about the borders are Kamala Harris doing nothing at the border. Mm -hmm. You are correct. This is not the House of Representatives' fault. This is not the Senate's fault. This is the fault of Joe Biden on day one turn overturning Trump's policies that kept Americans safe with the stroke of a pen. He can fix that with the stroke of a pen if he chooses to do the right thing by the American people and defend us at the federal level. And if you don't, as you see in Texas, we will defend ourselves. Yeah, and we love that. We're talking to Representative Wesley Hunt for the 38th Congressional District of Texas. Uh, I love what Greg Abbott's doing. And I also I love that. You know, the conversation is actually going national. I just hate what it took to get it there because every one of these sanctuary cities would have been indifferent to what was happening in Texas were the migrants not to show up to their states. Because when people were declaring themselves sanctuary cities under Trump, it's because they knew they weren't going to have to take migrants. Now that they're being asked to do it, they're like, ho, ho. You know what they're saying? They're saying blow the whistle. That's what they're saying. Yeah, right, right. I had a squad leader at West Point that, that, that taught me this over 20 years ago. He said, Cadet Hunt, pain is a motivator. Mm -hmm. When you feel enough pain, you'll get off your butt and get things done. This country has felt enough pain to where even libs and even Democrats and even Joe, Joe Biden have to do something about this problem. Mm -hmm. He is losing independence. He is losing in swing states. And unfortunately for us, it ain't even about the economy. Nope. It's not even about crime in this country. It is about the border. The only thing I hear about from people in my district is Congressman Hunt, 
what are you going to do about the border? And I get to gladly say, we already passed H.R. 2 a long time ago, literally a year ago. Mm-hmm. This is not on me. This is on Joseph Biden. Joseph R. Biden. And guess what? Guess what? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. We've seen it. We've lived it. Yeah, it's fa- it's fascinating stuff, man, because it's basically and, you know, it's pretty predictable. It being an election year, they want to you know put out some fires that they think are potential problems. I mean, when you hear like something silly, like even right now, they're trying to get Taylor Swift to endorse Biden. First of all, if I was polling at like 95 percent like Taylor Swift is, I am not endorsing someone who's polling at 33. <laughs> Just bad for the brand. You know what I'm saying? Why would you do that? Pfizer. Yep. She's dating Mr. Pfizer. She is, da- about that. she is dating Mr. Pfizer. But I'm going to tell you this, okay? <laughs> I'm 50-50 because I resent the Pfizer endorsement. I truly resent the Pfizer endorsement. But I can't get mad at him for Taylor Swift. The whole point of making it to the NFL is so you could shag pop stars and cheerleaders, is it not? There is absolutely, you know what? You bring up such a valid point. <laughs> but this is the question I have to ask myself. Is Taylor Swift really worth it? And is the jab really worth it? Maybe it is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's something to be considered. (laughs) You got to weigh the pros and cons. That's That's what we're talking. I mean, listen, he got twenty million dollars to motivate people to get vaccinated, and he got Taylor Swift (laughs) to go with it. I mean, listen, if they were doing a remake of Indecent Proposal. Robert Redford shows up. He's like, I will give you $20 million. And Taylor Swift. I'm on the air right now. Don't ask this question, please. Thank you. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you, Wesley Hunt. Good for you. Don't do this. Don't do this to me. Oh, just don't give me a. Me. All right. So give me a minute of football because there was a guy on my show a few weeks ago who thought the Houston Texans might go all the way. Uh, I'm not naming names. Um, but let's talk about this. We're down to the 49ers and the Chiefs, Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team. What, is, yeah. what, what do you think of the Super Bowl, Wesley? Huh? You think the Niners do it, or do you think the Chiefs get a third? I think the Chiefs get a third. I, I actually got married in Kansas City, so kind of by proxy. Oh. I'm, a, I'm kind of a KC fan and a KC Royal, Royals fan after, of course, my Astros and my Texans. Fair. Um, but I, I, think, I think Patty Mahomes is just, is just too nasty. He's too good. This is the prime of his career at a very early time. Mm. It's just going to be tough for, for the 49ers to beat him. Now, we'll tell you this. I'm a huge fan of Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. What a good dude. Yep. I think it's crazy to watch – I, was, I watched his father win Super Bowls for the, for the Broncos with John yep. Elway. Yeah. So to watch this kid perform right now, I think is actually pretty, pretty remarkable. Easy Ed McCaffrey. He was, uh, you know, he made the rounds of the NFL. He was something else. Well, I will say yes, this. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's fine as long as he doesn't win the game and thank God because the network will cut him off. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> right? <laughs> same thing, same thing with, with uh, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. A quarterback for the Texans. I mean, these people are unhinged. Yeah. It's like if he if he was like if he dedicated the game ball to Satan, he'd get five minutes of airtime. <laughs> That's crazy. Or the two short blow the whistle. He'd be like, oh yeah, please. <laughs> He's like, I just want to shout out Hamas. NBC's like, I like this guy. He's good. Right. <laughs> this guy's Free solid. Let's get him Free a show. <laughs> so funny. Uh, Hunt, we will talk. Uh, happy Super Bowl. Until then. And uh, yes, you are still you still owe it to us to come on. Now that I know you've made your demands, though, I need the Raiderettes to perform. It does complicate things, but I'll work this out. That is my only request. And congrats on the book, brother. My man. Well deserved. Appreciate you, brother. We'll do it soon. Take care. The great Wesley Hunt. Oh, let's try. You know, I didn't even think about that. I, I actually I don't mention it enough. I have a book out for sale this week. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Stop it. Listen, man, I told you I am like so upfront with you guys. I wrote a book. You write a book, they pay you, you write a book, okay? 
I don't make more money if you buy this book. But if I am on the bestsellers list as a community college graduate who majored in Super Mario Brothers, it means a lot. It's funny. It's funny to do that to the elites. That's the mission I've handed you. It is go to foxnewsbooks.com. If you can afford to buy the book, buy the book. If you come to one of my live events, I'm going to sign it. If you want to go to the virtual book signing tonight, you will get a signed copy for attending jimmysignedbook.com. But the best thing you'll get is the book. The book is legit. Like, you'll read the book and be like, wow, this is, I mean, all right, the control rooms being a little rough on me. But no, you'll get it. You'll get serious me and you time, and you'll get the most important thing we need in the world more than anything is perspective. Perspective. I did not write you an activist book that was like, oh, the left. I don't care. I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to be mad at anybody. I want everybody to chill out. That's what I say every day. Say it's not the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. It's the keg party. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm trying to give you. That's why I like having Wesley Hunt on. He's funny. But every point he made is the truth, okay? What they're doing at the border right now is trying to get credit for putting out a fire they started, and they're trying to work over the voter and the electorate in the process by telling you, well, you know, this is a Republican problem here. Okay, listen, guys, the Republicans were just in charge for four years. They cut illegal border crossings by 80%. The current administration has just broken an all-time high record for migrant encounters at the border not just this month, but the month before and the month before that and the month before that. Okay, we've had over 200 members of the terror watch list get into the country. Dude, in a post-9-11 world, the idea of anyone on the terror watch list wanting to do anything was an all-hands-on-deck moment. The fact that we're now sitting here letting hundreds of them into the country and known gotaways is an actual dereliction of duty to every single man, woman, and child in this country. It's like we could joke on this show and be lighthearted because we want you to enjoy the analysis and take it easy for a few hours during your workday. You know, but the consequences of what's actually happening really, you know, to the detriment of everybody in this country. So that's why we get a little peppy when it comes to things like the border. It's somebody has to care. And unfortunately, none of those people happen to be running the country right now. That is correct. Watch Jimmy's new show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? There it is, Fox Across America. With Jimmy Fallon, I got to tell you, man, it's an insane time to be alive. I'm out here trying to lighten the mood, take the edge off, find some like-minded people. I don't care who you vote for. I don't know how many times a day I have to say it on this show. I'm really, like, I'm genuinely, like, in this moment, I'm trying to help, man. <laughs> it's like, we go to commercial, I watch the other channels, I scroll through the media, and I just, I look at the country, man, and I'm like, what, what are we doing, man? This is so crazy. It's so, do you remember the end of the movie Dumb and Dumber? It's great, great, you know, the whole movie is about how dumb they are and how many stupid decisions they make. And of course, it ends with the bikini team pulling up and saying to them, hey, you know, we're just bikini team looking for some boys who can rub some hot oil on our bodies. Hubba, hubba. But you know the joke of Dumb and Dumber? is that the guys tell the women, not realizing what an opportunity they're being gifted from the heavens. (laughs) 
they tell the women, well, you're in luck. There's a town down the road about 10 miles that way. I'm sure there's some guys who would love to rub that oil on your body. At which point the women like incredulously look at these people like, how stupid are you? And they drive away to the next town. And then if you remember, they both look at each other like, oh, my gosh, we're so dumb. What are we doing? And they flag down the bus and go, oh, my gosh, we messed up. The town's actually 10 miles down the road that way. And that's how the movie ends. It's like they never get it. They're just that stupid. Okay. But what were they ultimately squandering in that gag? But the opportunity of a lifetime, which is to get onto the bus with the bikini team and have a nice afternoon. Something everyone should be lucky enough to live once, not twice. Those women are exhausting. As you'd imagine, I get chased around by a lot of bikini teams. Granted, they're, you know, overweight middle-aged men who identify as women. But the point is they're in bikinis. They like me. You know, you got to you take the wins where you can get them, folks. But the point being is we as a country, okay, and I know this because I drove a cab. And I talk about the fact that I drove a cab so much on this show and on TV because I'm trying to give people perspective, Okay, as a cab driver, I would pick up people who were traveling internationally because I work in New York City all the time. And they would all get in and be like, you people have no idea how good you have it. I'd be like, no, no, I know how good I have it. And he's like, no, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the country as a whole. We watch the infighting in America from the other side of the world. And we just think you people are idiots because you have the greatest thing in the world, which is freedom. And you're squandering it. Okay, as we've seen our freedoms diminished over the course of the last five years, it's only happened because we're fighting each other harder than we're fighting for our freedoms. Okay, we now spend so much of our energy just annihilating the other political party instead of holding anyone in power accountable. Anyone in power. It's not good, man. So I really like I actually try because I care and I hope I never stop caring. You know, I, I, I genuinely hope I don't. But, man, like I really do try, and I, and, I, and I hope you guys are doing that in your personal lives, to just not be a jackass <laughs> because, like, that's all we need, man. We need people who get it, who just get how lucky we are to be where we are. America is the equivalent of the bus full of hot-looking bikini teams. You can do anything you want here. We're the richest country in the world. As hard as it is to imagine, we're also one of the most stable countries in the world. We're certainly the most tolerant. We're certainly the most inclusive. There's a lot of people who benefit from the division, from trying to upset us and piss people off. But the point is, it's addition by subtraction. If you don't contribute to that, you just become one of the fun ones. That's all we need. Not more Republicans, not more Democrats, just less a-holes. Okay, it's a speech I've been giving to this next caller on more than one occasion. Wally! I hope I, I hope I'm on the right side of that. Um, and I just want to tell you, I'm looking forward to the virtual book signing and launch. Oh, Wally, there you go. I, and I just want to know, is it being produced by Elon Musk and Governor Ron DeSantis? <laughs> Are you saying the site's going to crash? <laughs> it, it's well, with the, with the uh, Fox Cross America Army 
Yep. Uh, you know, coming in, it it just may take it down, but it'll be fun till till it goes, right? Yeah. I've, listen, I, I'm ready to rumble. And Wally, of all people, you're the one caller I'm not worried about getting thrown out of the thing. You'll behave just fine. <laughs> I've met you, I Wally. I do consider you to be a, mo- a model audience member, and I know the well, callers wanna... might be shocked by that analysis, <laughs> but it's true. I have some more good news for you. Nielsen has agreed to allow all of my personalities to count when I'm watching Fox. You know, your Saturday Night Show. <laughs> We're getting, the, we're getting the schizophrenic viewership. Oh, uh, I, I'm bringing a platoon. Wally, this is a big deal. I'm, I'm excited for this. 6 p.m. Brian Brenberg doesn't know what he's getting himself into. He has no idea what he's got. I'm like, yeah, just you know, mention the book and we'll talk for a little while. He doesn't know what kind of lunacy is on the other side of this radio show every day. And I'm so excited to show him, give him a glimpse. Like he's on the show, but all he knows of the show is the, you know, the 10 minutes he does every week. He doesn't know about the other two hours and 50 minutes. So going to be a fun one, Wally. It's going to be a fun one for all of you. If you're planning on attending, jimmysignedbook.com. If you can't make it and you still want an autographed copy of the book for you and, or a loved one, jimmysignedbook.com. Or you just want to get it for an enemy, jimmysignedbook.com. I'll make it out whatever way you want me to. The point is the show's over. Uh, I will hope to see you tonight at the live book signing. If not, you can also watch some Fail of Vision. I'll be on with Jesse Waters in the 8 p.m. hour. But regardless of how you spend your evening, my only advice I ever give on the show, the only homework, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.